Today's episode is brought to you by Biz Tip Monday. What's that, you ask? Every Monday, your designer friend Leslie, so uh, me, is sharing nuggets of business wisdom and actionable tips for interior design business owners. Kickstart your work week with rad new ideas, business tips, and resources to give you a boost along with your morning coffee. And did I mention it's totally free? You can get on the list at lesliemeyer.com slash coaching. And now this is episode 26, how can you take time off and keep your business going? Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design business and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. Good morning, Kate. Hi, good morning. I'm so excited about Biz Tip Monday. It's new and it's been really fun. I've already gotten some great questions from designers and yeah, it's been awesome. It's a great way to share some just cool little things every Monday with our community and help them make their work week more awesome. So I have a question. Is it an email? It's an email. It nice. is. I probably should have said that. It's an email. I'm not going to show up at your door and like serenade you with a business tip. You're going to get an email from me. <laughs> well, but you do Facebook Live and you do other stuff. So I didn't know. But um, yeah, I love it. Good point. It's an email and it's rad. Yeah, I just I was trying to find new ways to connect with our people and just, you know, help you guys rock on every week. This is hard to show up every single day and keep going. Sometimes, you know, we're not motivated or things aren't going as we had hoped. So I'm hoping between this podcast and the coaching and your amazing designers oasis and the biz tip Monday emails that we're just going to be an awesome place to help designers be more awesome together. My words are not the best this morning, but you get the idea. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Oh, my pleasure. So how, how are things this morning? You have your coffee. Are we ready to jump into an awesome episode as we are getting super close to the holidays this year? I am. I am feeling extra perky today. I have had yeah, you 12, are. <laughs> I've had 12 hours of sleep, which is super rare. I've all of a sudden discovered the magic of sleep, which I've not really been a big sleeper my whole life. Like when I was a kid, I didn't nap. It drove my mom crazy. During both maternity leaves, all my mom friends said, like, take advantage of the sleep, like when they're sleep, sleep when they baby sleep. And I was like, I got stuff to do. I just... I'm not a napper, not a sleeper. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I'm going to try sleeping for a change. I literally will sleep like four hours a night and I'll feel what I thought felt fine. What? <laughs> it's just, just, I guess that was a different <laughs> normal. So I've been getting bukus of sleep. Um, I got 12 hours last night, which was awesome. And it turns out I speak more coherently. I can think faster. <laughs> it's like, and everybody that's listening is like, duh. Yeah, that and I started taking maca root in my smoothie. So that's got me full of energy and pumped up. I'm ready for the day. Oh my God, you guys, as we were prepping for this episode, Kate is just like bouncing off the walls this morning. <laughs> it has been hysterical listening to her. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this topic. And I hope it's one that we can make fun and interesting and something you guys want to do instead of feeling like, oh my God, how am I possibly going to take some time off and still feel like, my business is going to survive. We very much believe in sleep and vacations and all those things that you really need for your well-being to be your best self and the best business owner you can be. So 
We've got some really great tips today about how you can take time off this holiday season and still keep your business going. Maybe that's why I'm extra perky. I'm looking forward to the holidays. It's Yeah, it's coming <laughs> up soon. I mean, now we're in it. It's here. So when I started my business, however many years ago, it was very much with the intention of being able to have a flexible work schedule and take time off when I need and take extended weeks off. Two weeks a year at my corporate job was awful. At this age of my life, I need more time off than that. I want time with my kids. I want to go on vacation. I want to spend time with family at the holidays. I want to go to the beach all those things. And I think that most of our listeners have probably had similar expectations going into business for themselves, but then eventually find yourself if you are like me, like, oh man, turns out taking time off is really hard. I've got lots of client work. I've got emails coming in when I'm gone and it can feel really overwhelming and really hard to disconnect. And so today's episode, while we are in the middle of the holidays or we're, we're gearing up for the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, actually by the time this airs, it will be after Thanksgiving, the holidays and the new year. So while that's kind of where this started, I think everything that we talk about today is really applicable no matter whether you're planning for the holidays, whether you want to plan a vacation, maternity or paternity leave, or if you need to care for a family member, whatever it is you need to do to take time off the strategies and what we talk about today, hopefully will help you be able to do that with ease and peace. Yeah. And it is important during the holiday season to take time off. I mean, it might not be for you, but it sure is for Kate and I. And like she said, this is great stuff anytime you need to take even a week off. Because I feel like we do so much every day to keep momentum going in our business, to keep the energy up, to keep marketing, to keep projects running smoothly. And a week off can feel like death, <laughs> a death sentence to your business. So we've got some great things that you can do in advance while you're gone and just some tips on how to prepare for it so that you can actually enjoy your vacation and not be sneaking in the bathroom with your iPhone to check your email <laughs> while you're <laughs> while you're supposed to be having some turkey. So Kate, you've got, I mean, your notes are always so organized when we chat. So I want you to, I want you to get us started because I know you feel very strongly about pre-planning and I'd love to hear what you do to pre-plan your downtime. You guys have probably heard me talk about the book Clockwork. So that book really helped me organize a lot of what I do to prepare. But the thing that I think I was getting wrong for so long was not planning in advance for taking time off. And I'd be like a week out and I'm like, oh man, there's all these things that I haven't really thought about or planned for if this happens or that happens, which either left me, you know, in this pickle of needing to take time during my vacation to handle things, which is not fun at all, um, or neglecting clients or potential new clients. Um, if I decided to just say, screw it, <laughs> check it out. Um, and so I realized that that had to change, especially if I wanted to be a legitimate business owner, a peer professional, <laughs> those, those sort of things. So planning is the name of the game. Well, when you say in advance, I mean, I think I used to think like the Friday before was enough time to be like, going to set my email autoresponder and buy. But when you, what do you mean by advance? Like how far do you actually start prepping for your holidays or for your vacations? Well, I mean, it depends on the size of your company and it depends on your workload. So for a smaller single to two member company, you know, some if you've got somebody working for you that's really intimately familiar with your business and that you know and trust that can do things on your behalf, you know, that's going to take a little time to plan for. But if you've, if you're running a much larger business, I would expect to plan for at least a year to get those systems and 
processes in place to be able to do that without the wheels falling off of your business. So I, I look at it in a couple of areas. I look at it with how do you plan to take care of your existing clients? How do you plan to take care of any potential new clients that might come knocking on your door while you're away? Um, and what needs to happen to keep things running while you're actually gone. So, you know, what happens to those emails? Is it good enough for you just to turn an autoresponder on? Maybe it is. You're going to have to be the one that decides that for your business, but maybe you've got potentially, you know, much bigger clients that might walk through the door while you're gone. Do you really want them to get an autoresponder? Do you want to have somebody who's actually monitoring your email and making sure that if you do get a potential client that you don't want to ask to wait for two or three weeks that they can flag you and be like, Hey, this came in. Do you want to take this on now? If you do want to, you know, talk to them, you figure that out. But if you want to say like, no, sorry, can you screen this call for me that they have the tools to be able to do that well on your behalf, just to really buy you some time. Yeah. I guess starting with setting client expectations, it's not enough just two weeks before the holidays to turn around and tell your clients, by the way, we're going to be at a blackout over here for the next three weeks. Um, that should not be a surprise to them. For me, that's in my contract. Um, I have a list of standard holidays that we take off. Um, a lot of times it's built around my kid's school schedule. So we take off three to four weeks around the holidays. It's usually the week before, during, and after Christmas and the first week of January. And that first week of January is really for me to just get my head back in the game uh, with work and to be able to do some planning for the year that I like to do uh, without any major distractions. You know, my kids' school, my day, one of my kids' daycares closed an entire week of 4th of July. My kindergartner or first grader, she's out for an entire week for Thanksgiving. It used to be just Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday when I was a kid. So, you know, I have to ask myself, do I want to take off that whole week with them? Do I want to hire childcare? Regardless, it's in my contract. It says these are standard holidays that we will be taking off. So they know they're aware of that. But then the week before, I just remind them because you know, it may have been some time since they signed that contract and read it. It's also in my welcome kit. So it's in a lot of different places, but setting those expectations up earlier is really important so that they don't feel totally neglected or abandoned. Secondly, especially if they're in any sort of construction during your time away, they need to have a contact person that you can rely on that in case of an emergency, or even if it's not an emergency, but maybe it's something that is really timely, a question that comes up that needs an answer, that they have somebody uh, that they can contact that's not you. So I have Melissa, who I you know, will assign to be the point of contact while I'm away. For me, that's setting up client expectations. I'm, I'm sure there are more things that could be done. What do you, what do, you do when, to set up client expectations besides that? Because I know you do those same things. Yeah. And I just want to point out, I love what you said about having a point person if construction is going on or there's something active happening. Because I think, you know, it's one thing to have an email autoresponder or somebody monitoring emails every few days when a project's in the design phase or at a point where day-to-day -day work is not needed and probably uh, poop is not going to hit the fan. But you guys all know that when you're in the middle of remodeling, renovation, construction, delivery receiving, things can go south. So even if you are not the one to be answering those calls and emails, you do have to have a point person to handle things. And I mean, you know, Christmas Day, all right, if you're celebrating Christmas, maybe not. There shouldn't be anything happening, but not everybody celebrates that. And people's days and lives look different. So having someone that can be there to kind of filter those requests and be your eyes and ears, I think is super duper smart. I know when I was moving from Colorado to Texas, I had a 
project that was going into demolition the same week that I was moving. <laughs> so like all the furniture was getting loaded. The coordination it takes to move a family across the country is not insignificant. Like where are people going to sleep? Where are clothes? Like where's the box that we're going to need the first couple of nights that we get to our new place? All of those things. So that's where my headspace was. And to be in this place. So I was technically off of work. I certainly was not on a beach drinking Mai Tais, but my project was also going into demolition. And we all know that if something's going to hit the fan, if they're going to start opening walls and taking down walls, doors, windows, whatever the heck it is, and they start taking stuff apart, that's when you find your issues. That's when you find faulty wiring, corroded plumbing, poor insulation. Just all this stuff happens at first because I was like, fingers crossed let, to let anything happen this week. And I did have a point person that could be those eyes and ears for me. And for the most part, they didn't need to to contact me. Amelia was able to handle that. But I have to say, like, if you're a one-man show and you don't have somebody like that to rely on, I think it'll be extra important for you to set up expectations with your client base and just say, listen, first of all, try to maybe not schedule a holiday. You can't control if a client wants to schedule their demo during the week of Christmas. It's very highly unlikely. In that instance, you might say like, that's great, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you want to do that? I will personally not be available (laughs) that week. And I think you need to set very clear boundaries and expectations to what your availability does look like. And if you do want to take a vacation or holiday, you book that out way in advance and you make sure that your clients know you will be gone during that period of time and you will not be available. So they might choose to push off demolition for when you get back if possible, you know, however your schedule lines up. But I don't think it's irrational or unrealistic for you to tell your clients that you're going on vacation or you're taking time off or whatever it is. It's none of their business. But if you want to tell them you're you're uh, <laughs> fully entitled to take time off, just to be clear and open and honest with them and plan, try to plan around it when you can. Yeah. And I think that's important is do do the best you can when you can. I had something similar happen, not with um anything happening during my move but I had a kitchen project a couple summers ago that started <gasps> when like, you were having a baby yes like they wanted to start the week of my due date and I mean they knew I was having a baby but I mean you guys know babies don't necessarily come when they're supposed to but let me be clear weren't you talking to somebody on the phone when you were in labor I was in labor you guys and my phone is blowing up on a Saturday because the contractors are on the job site and I mean I didn't call them back I was a little busy but my sweet assistant, Samantha, I was like, hey, uh, I know it's Saturday. I really need you to take care of this for me. And of course, she was 100% happy to jump in on the weekend and do it. But it was just one of those. So did they not know that you were having a baby? Like, what did they, how did? Well, I mean, they did, but it was the it was the sub of our, the main contractor. And he was new on the site. I mean, whatever. Like, he had all the, he didn't know. It was just so funny. I'm like, uh, hey, um, normally I... Like I get it's a Saturday and normally I wouldn't respond on a Saturday, but you're, you know, situationally, of course. But I was like, I'm kind of busy and I'm also drugged up. So I'm just going to have someone else call you back. But all that to say, yeah, there's there's going to be times where you can't plan very well. Luckily, with holidays, you usually can. When I was thinking about what to share about with this episode, it's funny because I've just moved. My business with the client part is not as busy as it has been. So my focus really with this week was talking more about marketing and business development stuff. So for me, you know, when projects are happening in advance, I think it's really important to look ahead and anticipate needs and deadlines that are going to be happening while you're away. Maybe it is a vendor delivery that's expected or construction that's starting. 
client deliverables that you've promised, make sure that they're not surprising you the day of and you're looking in your calendar going, oh, that thing's supposed to be delivered or I was supposed to have this thing done. So for me, that's a big part of preparing is just checking my to-do list, looking through Asana, looking through my calendar, looking through open orders and making sure that all those loose ends are tied or there's somebody or something in place to handle them as they happen. So that's a big thing for me in terms of advanced prep and sort of client management client expectations for that. Those are really big. And I also should mention, if you don't have an in-house assistant, you might consider a virtual assistant. I, I've never had a virtual assistant. I prefer my people to be in-house. I'm not opposed to it. It's just the way I've always been. But you've had a virtual assistant before. And is this Samantha, right? And so she's fully able to communicate on on your behalf. The other The other big part of planning and especially working with whatever team you might have, whether it's an in-house assistant or a virtual assistant, is making sure that they have the tools that they need to be able to answer questions on your behalf. So the tools and the authority, I think, are big. Yeah, because if they know the answer, but they don't feel like maybe they're shy to answer it or don't feel confident in themselves that they have that authority, then they might hold back. So you need to make sure that they have, that's a good point, that authority and that they they know that they have that. So for me, it's a couple of things. It's a list of canned emails that they can select from. If we get an inquiry or a question that can be answered that way, she has that as a resource. If it's a potential new client um, and they have general questions. So we have on my website a place where we try to get clients, uh, potential new clients directed where they can book a call with us and that's available. But sometimes they'll find my email or my phone number or something and they'll send us a random one-off email. And in that case, we would need to have a response for them. So, or if it's somebody that we've been talking to, but maybe isn't quite ready, there we have a list of frequently asked questions that she can access and she can find the answers pre-written there and tweak them if necessary. So having this point of person, point of contact have access to your frequently asked questions, a list of canned emails. I also have in my autoresponder their contact information that's available. I've used that with a lot of discretion. A lot of times I've just given that information to existing clients, but it it depends on the occasion. (laughs) Yeah, those are just some of the tools that I make sure that, that they have at their disposal. So yeah, you mentioned a lot of that is for potential new clients, people that might be booking a call online on your website or reaching out some way. That is something that, um, here's something important I've learned, guys. If you have an online scheduling system, like I use Acuity, Kate is just starting out with, I believe, Dubsado for that. There's lots of other great programs. Calendly is another one. I have made the mistake of forgetting to update those calendars and not blocking off that I'm away. And I've had this happen before where suddenly, a call, which is a great thing to have a new client, but a call will be booked or something happens on a day where I thought I had it like I was planning to take it off and it's either a kind of uncomfortable email of hey can we reschedule this or it's you pretending you're not on vacation and doing a call for an hour or whatever it might be so that's one thing that here's what's happened with me before with that if you guys use google calendar if you put an all-day event in google google has something in like the settings for each event that's free or busy If you put in an all-day event, it defaults it as free, as in it's not actually blocking your calendar. And so I've had this before where I thought I had days blocked off to be away, to be out of pocket, and Acuity that talks to Google was like, oh, she's free all day, cool. And that kind of stuff was happening. So pay really close attention, otherwise you might have an uncomfortable 
conversation about rescheduling, which really, you guys, that doesn't... It's going to be uncomfortable either way, whether you're, whether you're having to say, can we reschedule, or you're trying to act like you haven't had three margaritas. Exactly. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> so it's one of those things that the tech is wonderful. Automation is fabulous. You guys know we are all about automating and making things easier and less labor for us. However, pay really close attention to those online and automated systems to make sure things running smoothly because your dummy friend Leslie over here has had calls booked at the weirdest times where I've had to like step away from something I'm doing or I've just had to flat out say, hey, I'm really sorry. I had a glitch with my online scheduler. I'm actually not available. Can we move it? And most people are forgiving, but as a first impression, it's not the strongest. So make sure that you are on top of the tech stuff if you have automated things happening to get new clients in the door. I've also been in this space right now of really revising and ramping up our our in-house binder that's just like our systems and processes internally. And so that's a good one sheet to have is like just a checklist of before you take off for a week or two or whatever, what are the things you need to make sure are done before you go? And this should be a checklist for yourself. And then also if you've got staff that that is gone as well. Um, the other thing too is that a lot of you probably, if you have anybody working for you, might be a contracted employee where they're using their own cell phones. I think it's important to make sure that they have a professional voice message uh, uh, recorded greeting. And if you don't have a, a standard office phone, the other option is to have your Google phone number go to their phone, which has your pre-recorded voice greeting. You can set it up a number of ways, but just making sure that if somebody does actually pick up the phone and make make a call and they're getting a voicemail, that that's professional. Um, so these are all things that can be on your one sheet protocol, like who, where, where are phone calls getting directed to? Who's responsible for answering them? When is this person going to have any time off as well? You know, so like I might take off four weeks during the holidays, but that doesn't mean my staff is just making sure that you've got all those things thought through and that you put it in writing and you put it somewhere where some, that where your people can access it. And honestly, even before I had people working for me, these are things that I would create for myself. And I think if you're a one man show, you shouldn't commit it all to your brain. Um, put it in writing so that the next time you are taking time off, you have a checklist to go by. I love it. Checklists are the bomb diggity. Cause it's so easy to forget all the, there's a lot to do to prep for downtime. And I think, yeah, when you've got the time and the bandwidth to put together that little checklist, I think that's a fantastic idea. I have a few things I want to talk about with marketing, but while we're on the client track, Kate, I'd love to hear what you do. You mentioned like for new clients about intake stuff and booking calls. What about potential clients that are just like excited to find you and itching to get started, but you're literally about to leave for a four week vacation? How do you handle that? So that's Norman. Speaking of staff, I think they're all getting here. I'm in a new recording spot today because we're I donated my desk upstairs to the office for a new staff member. So that was Norman. He's greeting them. Apologize for that. Remember that CNN correspondent where his kids oh came gosh, running through the door? Oh my gosh, that's such a good video. He was, he, was he was live on CNN. I'm going to put that in our show notes this week. It's talking a good about one. Something, talking about something really, really serious like national security. <laughs> His kids come flying through his home office door. She and his is wife freaking out. Is freaking out, chasing the, chasing the kids behind them. Yeah. So we're not talking about national security. So I'm not going to. And Norman has a lot of opinions about uh, this but topic, you, so he's probably going to keep chiming in. He, he does. 
Uh, let's see, ask me a question. Um, oh, yeah. So we've got this, let's say you've got somebody that really wants to start working with you, but you're getting ready to head into some time off. Um, it depends on how long the wait time is. Like I've got one client, for example, that is doing new construction, but they're not quite ready to start with me, but they didn't want to lose their spot to work with me. So we're not going to start until January after we get through these holidays. So for them, I requested a non-refundable retainer for, I think it was $500. You could make that higher by all means. Um, but that um, solidified their place in my calendar for January. And then I will request the rest of the retainer about 30 days out. Which So is that just kind of like a way to make sure they have a bit of skin in the game and you know your pipeline is filling up for the new year? Yeah, it's somewhat of a guarantee. I mean, I know plenty of people that are willing to walk away from $500. Um, that's not really my way of working. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to walk away from $500. But um, just out of curiosity, if they decide to change their plans, do you return it? No, it's non-refundable. Okay, cool. I like that. So I'm not one to take off to walk away from $500. But yeah, me neither. <laughs> let's say my retainers for $9,000 or $10,000. I don't want to ask them for $10,000 up front and then have that sitting in my account for six months, if that's what it's going to take. You know, we'll ask for a smaller retainer to just get on our calendar and then the remaining before we get started you know if it's a smaller project or the wait time isn't as something as long as something like six months or six weeks whatever it's a couple of weeks i would just go ahead and ask them for an upfront retainer just say hey we're going to guarantee you a spot uh come january or come whatever whenever you're planning to be back and just get that financial commitment from them because there's no greater commitment than money <laughs> seriously well, I love that you said that. And I love that you are collecting a non-refundable deposit for that because one of the things I wanted to mention was starting to get your January appointments on the calendar now so that you don't lose momentum with projects, whether it's new clients that want to kickstart a project, whether it's your current clients that need an on-site check-in or something. I like to start getting those booked in November, December so that a, I make sure I have time for them in the new year, and B, they know things are still happening. They're not coming back after the Christmas holidays to crickets and kind of wondering, you know, what's 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 happened with Kate? What's happened with Leslie? Where's my project at? And I think that's great stuff for them to look forward to in the new year as well and continue to be excited about working with you and striving towards the end result you guys are aiming for. I think this is probably a good time to mention so right now we're heavily focused on the holidays because that's where we're heading into. But let's say you are taking a two-week vacation. I don't really feel like you need to share why you're taking time off with your clients personally. I don't think there's anything wrong with your clients viewing you as being hard to access. The optics of that is that you know this person is very busy. They're desirable. They're very in demand. And that can't hurt. Ideally, you guys are already in demand, right? But I don't, I think that there, for me, for a long time, there was this fear of like, oh, if I'm not available right now, I'm going to miss out on them. And that's over time evolved to me realizing, no, I actually am busy. I actually don't have time for them. And there's nothing wrong with them seeing that I'm busy. Uh, and then I have other clients. And once I switched that, like it didn't change people's willingness to wait. You do have to be able to give a really strong value proposition for why it's worth the wait. I try. Well, how do you handle that? Well, so what I tell clients, and, and this is for the most part true. So design development for us is a really, you know, this really intense time of like going through design, picking out finishes, picking out all of the specifications. And it lasts anywhere from four to six to 10 weeks, depending on the size of the project. 
generally speaking, I will not commit more than one client to design development on my calendar at a time. For that reason, it may take me longer to start with a new client, but what I tell them is I'm only doing design development for one client at a time, meaning that makes sure that we are 110% in your headspace. We are completely thinking about you. We're not distracted by designing for multiple clients at one time. Now we're small, we're boutique. I like to keep it that way. A much larger firm might not want to do it that way because they have greater capacity. But for me, it's promising them that you you might have to wait a little bit longer to work with us, but once we start with you, our eyes and ears, we're totally focused on you and you're going to get more of us that way. And that makes sense to most people. So that's how I do it. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not still engaging with other clients. I might have other clients who I might be doing consultations. I might be starting concept design for another client. I might have other projects that are under construction that are going to demand my attention. Assuming all of that's true, I generally won't do more than one client at a time in design development. I guess that's how I give the value proposition is that they're going to get all of us and all of our attention during that time. That's awesome. And the fact that you've sort of set that up in advance and built the excitement for them means they're going to be like super gung-ho to start that new year. And to piggyback on that, I wanted to mention this concept of making sure that you honor your word about getting back to work and responding to your clients, potential clients on time in the new year. I think it's really easy for us to be ambitious and potentially overbook ourselves. And so if you can really be aware of that, make sure you're not over scheduling yourself for the first few weeks back, that you're able to honor any appointments you've made to catch up with existing clients, to get started with new clients. Really work hard to keep that trust in the new year because I do think it's a time of year where we come back all excited and zealous and it's easy to feel overwhelmed like we've overbooked and let some balls drop. So I think for me, it's really important to make sure I'm not overscheduling myself and give myself a buffer in the new year to make sure that I can honor all the commitments I made in November and December when everything's, you know, when things seem so far away, you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's not till January. And suddenly you look <laughs> at your week and go, well, crap. Like, yeah. how am I going to fit all this stuff no, in? No, I think that, I think that's really good. We use a Gantt chart for all of our projects and that helps us see, you know, how are these clients' timelines relating to one another so that we can see, okay, well... We've got Mr. and Ms. Jones is in design development starting these four weeks. So then we have to tailor future, you know, next incoming clients around that. Um, the other thing I also make sure to do is if they do have a long wait time, we will start with some nuggets of design work for them through the concept phase. Uh, and that gives them something to be excited about. And it doesn't, I mean, we put a lot of work into our concept design packages, but that gives them just a little piece of it so they're not having to wait as long. Just good. I love, I, I love hearing new things from you that I haven't even really thought of doing. That's great. So we've talked a lot about nurturing existing clients, handling projects that are ongoing. But Leslie, you're really the marketing master. What are you doing from a marketing standpoint to build that pipeline and keep your name and face at the forefront of people's minds during your time away? Yeah, you guys have probably heard that you, you know, you always need to keep marketing even when you're busy. So as, you know, your client work is slamming, you still need to be marketing. And the same thing is true during the holiday season. You still need to be doing your marketing, digital marketing, especially while you're off. And you can absolutely do this in a way that a lot of your fans and followers won't even know you're gone. And so what I do during holidays during planned downtime is I batch my work in advance. So I will hammer out a bunch of blog posts, 
you know, a few weeks worth of email newsletters. I will get all my social media scheduling done. And that way, you know, my Biz Tip Monday newsletter is still going to go out every Monday. Now, I will say for me, the week of Christmas and the following week of New Year's, I let people know you're not going to hear from me this week. And I think that's fair. Most people aren't paying too much attention to blogs and newsletters and marketing those weeks anyway. So I just don't, but I still keep social media posts up. But basically, while I'm gone, I still have new content going out. I still have new valuable ideas I'm sharing with my audience. I still have my regular newsletter for my clients. We've still got the podcast happening in December, even during some downtime that we'll be taking. So that's really important. And it does take time. You can't expect to batch four weeks worth of projects in the time that you would do one week. So make sure you are planning, like Kate was saying, really far in advance and seeing, okay, so instead of doing one blog post today, I'm going to give myself a couple extra hours and I'm going to get three done. And that way they're done, they're scheduled, they will go out as usual, and you will still keep that momentum you've built. I think it's so important if you've made a commitment to your audience that you're going to show up every week, whether it is a blog or newsletter or social or another way that you are reaching them, that you continue to honor that and keep that mojo going. Because if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. And I think it's really important to stay, (laughs) stay in people's sight. And I will say, it's one thing to be publishing the content and getting it out there, but it's it can be dangerous because if nobody is paying attention to comments, to questions, then you just seem like you're a one-sided megaphone shouting at people over the holidays and you're not actually, you know, engaging with them and what they're doing. So the way I do it is I either have a team member monitor comments and questions and they can ping me if there's something that they can't answer on my behalf. Or, and let's be real, we're all kind of checking social media anyway, I will sometimes allow myself a small block of time per week while I'm away to tackle it all at once. I don't just browse every day and scroll and hop in and answer random questions. I really do take maybe 30, 40 minutes and I hop on, you know, the main social channels for me are my Facebook business page, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And, you know, I'll like a few posts, but really I'm just paying attention to, did someone take the time to ask me a real question or share a real story that deserves a response so that they know I'm listening? So whether that's you strategically and not just letting it, you know, swallow up your holidays or a team member, it's really important for somebody to be acknowledging your your people while you're away. But it doesn't need to be you and it does not need to take up a whole lot of time. Yeah, I think the important thing you said there too is if you've committed to being there for your audience, which you very much have. We've had this conversation before where I... You blog on the fly <laughs> is how my girl Kate does it. I do. I blog I blog when I'm inspired. But you know, I'm not a blogger. I'm, I'm an interior designer. So I had to make that distinction because there was a long time where I had an identity crisis. I was like, but I, ca- I love blogging. Like, I really do <laughs> love it. But when I get busy, for me, blogging doesn't pay the bills. Clients do. And so that would be the first thing that would go on the back burner. And I felt a lot of guilt about that. I was I was just like, I'm not a legitimate blogger. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not a blogger. You're an interior designer. And that's what you do. Whereas, Leslie, you have, first of all, you have a much larger list than I do. But that's because you show up regularly. And that's been an important part of your business. And that's a commitment that you've made. So I think for those of you listening who might be having a similar identity crisis as I did, give your if it's something you've committed to, then find the time and stick to that commitment and, and find the time to keep that working while you're away. 
If on the other hand, you're more like me and you are not a committed blogger, give yourself some grace and decide if that's not something you have time for, then don't feel like you have to. I'm I'm also moving into more of a minimalist lifestyle because I felt overextended. So um, saying no to more is has been one of my new things that I'm trying because I, I'm a seven. I like to say yes, a seven on the Enneagram. <laughs> So I say yes to a lot, but I think you need to have that conversation with yourself. Is If it's something you've committed to, show up and be there. Or send an email to your peeps and say, hey guys, I'm taking a month off and I'm not going to blog. I love you. I'll be back here at this time. So figure out what works for you, but it's got to feel good and feel right. It shouldn't feel like pressure or you know, when it starts to not be fun anymore and it feels you start to feel guilty, then that's when you need to ask yourself, how important is this really? you know, or even just like blogging once a month versus not to get on a, off on like a blogging thing. In fact, I just wrote a note here. We need a whole episode dedicated on, do I need a blog? <laughs> we can talk more about that at that point. But anyway, you get the idea. Just, it's a question that has to be answered. It can't, it shouldn't either be like, oh, I have to do this because I have to do it uh, because I said I was going to do it or feel guilty. Just make it be an intentional decision. Yeah. I think that's so smart. So yeah, and I'm sorry if, if the way I said it before might have come across like you must keep up with it. I think really what's important Not at is, all. No, I, I didn't you didn't come across oh, okay. that way. I just but was thinking about my how I blog. I think what's important <laughs> is keeping going with what you've committed, or as you pointed out, if you're going to change your commitment, just communicate that. People understand. People know that life happens and vacations happen and holidays happen. And as long as they're not left in alerts thinking, where did Kate go? Like, why, why haven't that I? Girl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for me, blogging, I love your distinction about you're a designer with a blog. I would say I'm in the same boat, but blogging for me is such a marketing tool. It's new content I can promote. It's it's sharing my best info and building that no like, and trust factor with people. So that's why it's so valuable to me. My blog, guys, is not monetized. I do not make a dime directly from my blog. Now, does it help get clients in the door? Is it part of my overall marketing and brand strategy? Absolutely. But God, I wish it made more money. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but either way, I think whatever you are choosing to do as part of your digital marketing, plan ahead so that there are no unexpected gaps. Or if you are just planning to chill out for a few weeks, just let people know what to expect. I think that's the biggest takeaway is managing expectations for any downtime with potential clients, with your fans and followers, with your current clients, with your contractors, with all your people. Just make sure people know if you're away, how long you're going to be away and what to expect and how things are going to be handled in your absence and who to contact. Boom. No one likes to be left in a lurch and with nobody answering their emails for three weeks. And then they're like, oh, I was on vacation. Like, oh, thanks for letting me know. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it shouldn't be a surprise to them when you email them and say that you're taking time off, especially if it's a week out. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, one of my coaching clients um, ordered tile for one of her projects and like didn't hear back for like three weeks and then the girl finally got back to her and was like oh i'm sorry i was on vacation that tile's back ordered now for x months oh like no communication from this yeah. vendor no nothing and like gosh not even an auto response like nobody in place to handle the order so it's important guys it erodes a lot of trust if you just go radio silent unexpectedly right i had a similar experience on etsy it wasn't with a client thing but it was a gift and i was had fully expected to receive it by now. And I went to check on it and I was like, hey, where's this thing? And she was like, sorry, we were away. And I was like, there's like a thing on Etsy where you can say that you're away. <laughs> did, you, did you know about this? Yeah. 
There, there's, yeah. there's protocols. Hey, for this. one more thing as we wrap up here, and this is less about like how to keep your business going while you're away, but it does have to do with just some things that I like to do before the holidays, since that is kind of where Headspace is. I don't do all of these every year, but I've been known to do all of these at some point in my uh, business career. So there are ways for you to keep yourself at the forefront of your client, your existing clients' minds. First of all, every year. Without fail, I send clients a Christmas gift. All of my clients from the past year, unless they were a-holes, which there've been there've been a few. <laughs> Do you send current clients or all your past clients? Just out of curiosity. They, yeah, any any anybody I've worked with over the last year. But you're not talking about like every client you've ever had gets a fancy gift from you. It's, it's people you're currently working with and engaged with. Now that's a good question because I've moved. So that's not to say if I were still in Colorado, would I possibly send past 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 clients a, a gift? I might. Uh, or at least a card, but I've you know I've been here for a year and a half, so I haven't had that experience yet. But as I am here longer, that that might change for me. I might continue to to just nurture them and say hi. I do send them a birthday card every year. Pass, 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 pass. Clients. What do you actually send? What do I send? Um, it's been a number of things. I've done really personalized gifts in the past. I just gave one of my clients a gift certificate to one of our favorite antique stores in town. Um, I also, another client, I found um, a pictorial history of Waco book that was vintage from the, what vintage? It's from the 70s or 60s. So it wasn't that old, but- I think that's considered that's vintage. vintage. Yeah, okay. So- um, Before my It's time. about to be 2020. So maybe we can call it uh, vintage at this point, um, which is really cool. And it was actually signed by the author and my client actually knew the person who was the photographer for the book. So that's awesome. I didn't know that piece of it, but I did know it was signed anyway. And I got a phone call from him just- saying thank you. So I've been known to do that. Um, you can't go wrong with candles. I have, I buy really bougie candles. <laughs> and by bougie, I mean like spare no expense, really awesome candles. Uh, you know, it kind of depends on the client. If it was somebody that maybe I didn't do a huge project with, but I just really liked them, you know, it, it, something for the home is always nice. Candles, those sort of things. But you, you try to personalize, you don't buy like a case of wine and send it, which is also a great option, but you try to find something for each client. I was going to say I haven't, but I think that could be a, an excellent option too. Um, and certainly would. My favorite wine is six bucks at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> send a bunch of that out. So I, you know, it, it it's a, it's an option. And I think that would be a great choice and certainly sounds easier than, than the other way around. But um, so sending a gift is one way. The other thing is putting together a gift option for a two-hour in-home consultation. Like a gift certificate kind of thing? Yeah. So it's like giving the gift of time, right? If somebody, and I, I think this would be ideal for maybe a husband and wife, but something that you can promote in your social media and on your website, it's like, hey, have you ever thought about giving this as a gift? Uh, and then pa I've packaged it really pretty in a box with lovely wrappings it's really fun to open and we um we'll wrap it up and we'll leave a card that they can personalize and write to and from and guys i believe this episode is going to be live black friday and that means if you're listening to it the day it comes out cyber monday is a fantastic time to make this offer on social to promote it because people are looking online for great gift ideas this weekend so if you are a an eager beaver and you're listening to this right when it comes out take advantage of this weekend and promote your stuff, sell some gift certificates for your services. Yeah. And honestly, if you want something quick that you can put together, just go, just go to the 
store, find some really beautiful wrapping, mock something up. Uh, you'll have time to get together some actual, you know, really pretty print, get it printed on really nice paper. You guys don't print this out on your in-home printer unless you've got something super fancy, but that package needs to be pretty elevated. It needs to be beautiful and then give them the option to either pick it up if they're local or um, have you mail it for an additional cost to cover your shipping expenses. So that's been something that I've done to varying degrees of success. Um, and also if you do that, be sure to put an expiration date on it within like a year. Do it. I would say give it a year, you know, after a year, if they don't use it, they're not interested and they're not missing their money. So I've, I've actually had people call me three or four years later and be like, Hey, don't I have like an hour left with you? And I'm like, Nope, <laughs> I don't even live in the same state lady. Ooh, side note. This is super side note, random, but I heard this advice recently and I loved it. Um, you have an archive, unarchiving fee. So if you've got a, a way long ago client that contacts you and is like, hey, I need such and such info. I had this happen because I had a client who had a flood. His basement flooded and we we had furnished it and he needed all of the, like, like how much did he spend on all this stuff to send to insurance? Um, but, you know, I was in the middle of working on a bunch of projects and, like, it was a major interruption for our business so it was more than my hourly my hourly rate but i was like look if you need so it's called an unarchiving fee so if you need us to pull up past information for you it's like 500 dollars or whatever you set that fee but <laughs> but the, but you don't i mean in that case he really needed it and and he could write off that unarchiving expense and get reimbursed for it from his insurance but that's going to keep every tom dick and harry emailing you for like one I need one more knob for my kitchen because it broke what knob did I order yeah yeah I mean like that that information is archived and it takes time and it distracts you from your existing clients so um ideally you're leaving them with a binder that where they can access all that information so that doesn't happen um but in the case yeah anyway side note love it (laughs) all right girl let's bring this on home because it's black friday and i want to go eat some pie so what do we want to leave these awesome designers with it's not black friday but it, well, okay this is just pretend because this is when it's going to be live no it's not yes it is am i wrong you're wrong our book episode <laughs> no this is the one this is going on the 29th thanksgiving super late this year okay fine i'm wrong all right guys this is what we do <laughs> uh, spoiler alert we batch these episodes <laughs> <laughs> like like bosses. Just, so do as we say. Yeah. We're recording yeah. this in <laughs> April. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is not live. Just go with us. It's Black Friday. Mama wants pie. No. Cool. <laughs> Anywho, okay. So what we want to leave you guys with, just some quick key takeaways. So we said this a couple times, but just remember these strategies can be used for taking time away from work anytime, not just the holiday season. They are very timely right now, obviously. But keep this stuff in mind if you have a planned vacation, if you've got something coming up, you've got kids home from maternity school for a week, leave, my baby leave. Yeah, you know, a, a family member is ill and you have to really scale back for a little while to help care. There's lots of reasons we need to step away. Stepping away does not mean the death of your business. If you have kids, get their academic calendars early and build, put them into your annual calendar early. Yes. Um, this all requires advanced planning, you guys. Taking a vacation isn't something that you know, if you're running a business, unfortunately, it's not 
usually a impromptu thing that you can do successfully without ticking off a few people. So make sure you're planning. If you're a smaller business, you can get away with doing it, you know, in a couple of weeks, couple of months. But if you're a larger company, it could take as much as a year to get all the right tools, processes in place and getting the people trained up that need to be your eyes and ears while you're away. Really important to set expectations in advance with your existing clients. And also when it comes to social media, your marketing and promotions, either you want to batch your content to get stuff out as it should still be, or you want to set expectations with your audience that, hey, you're piecing out for a couple of weeks to go eat some pie like Leslie is in a couple hours, sort of, kind of. I wish it was actually Black Friday, guys. I'm so hungry now for pumpkin pie. But yeah, <laughs> key thing is plan ahead, manage expectations, and actually take the time off. Stop working. You need a break. You guys work hard and you give your hearts and souls to your businesses. So give yourself permission to actually take the break you, you need. Anything else, KB? That's it. Thank you, guys. We've been getting some really great love on iTunes. We love you, too. We're so grateful for our listeners. Um, you've been also sending really great questions for our Q&A sessions that are happening every 10th episode. So don't forget, if you have questions for us, you can email us at, what is it? Hello at designersgettingcoffee.com? Yes. Okay. Hello thanks. at designersgettingcoffee.com. <laughs> yes. Um, you, there's also a place on our website you can do that. Um, but yeah, we appreciate it. Your ratings and reviews are super helpful. So please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. Yeah. And remember, if you haven't already gotten your free mini business toolkit, and come on, you probably have by now, but just in case you missed this fantastic resource, you can grab yours at designersgettingcoffee.com. It is an awesome PDF with an install day box checklist, a handy reference guide. Okay, you guys, Kate is still goofy and giggly and she is dancing and distracting me. Go to the website, <laughs> get the download. It's got great tools for you. Some, some tools that we use in our business that have been game changers mini business toolkit designersgettingcoffee.com i need to hang up so kate can just go get herself together and maybe have a solo dance party <laughs> you guys go get 12 hours of sleep and then wake up and drink and drink maca root in your 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 morning beverage and you'll feel like you just hung the moon all right y'all have a good rest of your week and bye all right bye guys Hey designer, thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback. For more designers getting coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee. 